I've said this time and time uh, in the past, and I'll continue to say it time and time again into the future, especially because of the significance of how much it rings true for many, if not all of us, the fact that the most difficult job is to be a parent. The hardest job, period, is to be a parent. We ask Allah to make it easy for all of us and for people in general. Parenting within itself is very difficult. Parenting in this society that values the individual far more than the family is even more difficult. That's just from, from a structural standpoint for it to be much more about the me than the we. You have many other cultures in the world where it's far more about the family, the community, the group, the we, as opposed to the me. But in this society, it's much, much more about the me. Me, M-E, and then even in terms of the I, if you notice within the English language, the I is capitalized. How come the M in mom isn't capitalized? Why is the D in dad not capitalized, but the I is capitalized? The I is superior, right? The, the, the individual is given so much priority as if each and every person is the most special person on the face of the earth. And I mean that in a negative way, in a narcissistic way. It's very, very difficult. And then on top of that, to be Muslim. Even on a basic level, there are many layers that are challenging. But we hope that Allah accepts our efforts, that Allah puts barakah in our efforts, that Allah overlooks our shortcomings, and that we all end up where we're trying to go anyways, to end up in paradise, we ask Allah for that. If you look at some of the ayat that we find in Surah Ahqaf, it's interesting that immediately before the famous ayah, in which Allah starts the ayah by saying that He has mandated that the individual needs to be good to have ihsan with their parents. And then after that, Allah especially focuses on the trials and tribulations of the mother specifically, in terms of the pregnancy and the delivery and the nursing. There are specific challenges that, that relate to the mother. And then after that, Allah mentions that, you know, for some people, they get to a, a place in their, in their lives where things, they settle. They settle. And they start to reflect a bit more. Maybe they weren't reflecting so much beforehand, but by this point, they're reflecting a bit more. And they, they turn to Allah and they make dua. And they ask Allah to enable them to show gratitude for the blessings that Allah has you know, given them and their parents. And, but the, the part that I want to, to emphasize, asking Allah to, to guide their kids, to make their kids righteous. We cannot do it alone, right? We need community and we especially need to engage in dua. Generally speaking, any dua from the heart is absolute gold, even better than gold. Think of those as unscripted du'as, and then we have other scripted du'as that we have in the Qur'an. And this being one of them. Another one, uh, at the end of Surah Furqan, رَبَّنَا هَبْلَنَا مِنْ أَزْوَاجِنَا وَذُرِّيَاتِنَا قُرَّةَ أَعْيُنْ وَجَعَنَا لِلْمُتَّقِينَ إِمَامًا Think of how beautiful that du'a is, and also how amazing of a gift that would be. That gift, that request, asking Allah for a happy home, happy, healthy dynamics at home, is so rare and so difficult to achieve, period, for anyone, that we're not just asking Allah, we're asking Allah, Rabbana Heblana. We're asking you to give us this huge, amazing gift that only you can give. This is something that it's, if, if left to the individual, we're going to find many faults and fault lines within our efforts. 
but we, we need Allah to fill those gaps for us. We're turning to Allah, recognizing that there are many, we try our best, but there are still cracks and, and crevices in our efforts. Ya Allah, we need you to fill those gaps for us. We're asking you, the most generous, the one who loves to give gifts time and time and time again, and nothing ever decreases from Allah when He gives. We have in our tradition that if all of humankind and all of jinn were to be in a plane and to ask Allah for everything they wanted at the same time, and Allah gave them, it would not diminish anything from Allah's kingdom. It would not diminish anything from Allah Azza wa Jal. Allah gives and gives and gives, and Allah loves to give and to give and to give. And Allah loves it when we ask and we ask and we ask. One of the reasons why I want to touch upon this is because unfortunately, the struggles, the struggles real, that's for sure. Especially if someone has teenagers, may Allah help those parents more than anyone else. Unfortunately, sometimes things escalate and boil over to the point where the parent makes a thousand du'as against their own kid. They end up, and then, eventually, unfortunately, there are many times when those du'as, they become true, but then that same parent ends up feeling so much pain because of the bitter fruit from their own du'as against their own kids. The du'a that the believer has, du'a silahul mu'min, the du'a is the weapon of the believer. This is true in general. But the Prophet taught us that there, there's an extra, there are unique categories. The du'a of the, the righteous ruler is accepted. The du'a of the parent for their kid or against their kid is accepted. And the du'a of the oppressed is accepted. So we have to wield it very carefully, very carefully. If someone is in the kitchen and they're cutting vegetables, and then maybe they have a toddler, they run in, they, they, they pause, they freeze. They don't want to continue cutting because they don't want their kid to bump into them. They don't want to cut themselves. They don't want to drop the knife. They don't. This is over, this is over like a, a kitchen knife, right? Cutting some cucumbers in the kitchen. You wouldn't describe that kitchen knife as a weapon per se, when you think of a weapon, especially back in the day, you have like a sword, you have a spear, it's much bigger than that, right? So the idea is for us to think and reflect. Again, it doesn't mean the struggle is easy, it's extremely difficult. Right before this, this ayah, look at it, right before that, Allah talks about people who end up in Jannah, upon them there is no fear and they're not going to have anything to worry about. That actually sounds like the opposite of active parenting because when you're actively parenting there's this constant worry that you have there's this constant fear that you have for your kids for your kids protection for your kids future there's a lot of there's a lot of fear there's a lot of worry there's a lot of concern but we try to put in the effort anyways we try our best anyways and we have to make dua we have to couple the effort with dua and we want that dua <clears throat> we want that dua to be one along the lines of, oh Allah, guide my kid. Oh Allah, protect them. Oh Allah, if, they, if they've gone astray, Ya Allah, bring them back. If they're getting caught up in one bad extracurricular activity or another, one addiction or another, oh Allah, cure them, heal them, bring them back. Bring them back to Islam. Bring them back to Iman. Bring them back to the Masjid. Bring them back to the Qur'an. Ya Allah, teach them about your Prophet I'll conclude with this. Whenever I come across youth leaving Islam, and unfortunately there are many of them, the main thing that comes to mind is who represented the Prophet to you? Who because if you have come across a proper halfway decent representation of the best of creation, sallallahu alayhi wa that has to resonate with the heart of the person. 
If someone comes across someone who is trying to be generous because they're inspired to be generous because of the Prophet, that's going to touch the heart of that person. If they, try to, if they come across someone with amazing character and it touches their heart because of their smile, their compassion, their mercy, the, whatever it may be, just the positive energy, that's going to touch the heart of that person. In addition to learning about who the Prophet was and what he went through in the story, so on and so forth, in detail, that has to touch the heart of the person. So what we have to try our best to do is to embody certain concepts, certain theories the Prophet taught us and that he, that, that he embodied for us to try to, to live them as best we can. And this is where we need community. We all need each other. No one can go at it alone. We all need each other. And we also need each other's du'as, especially privately behind closed doors. If you hear that someone's kid is struggling with addiction, don't go and gossip to someone and spread rumors. And even if it's true, you still can't do that. Instead, make du'a for them. Oh Allah, guide them. They're struggling. Help their parents. Heal their parents' worries and concerns. Guide their children. Bring them back, Ya Allah. When you make that du'a for them and their family, those parents and those kids, an angel makes the same du'a for you. So we end up benefiting more than whoever it is we're making du'a for. And those du'as are like lightning. When you make du'a for people, you see the quickness of the positive effect that it has. It's very effective, but it's up to us to try our best to take advantage of these hands that Allah has given us to raise them and to ask Allah, to guide us, to guide our kids, to guide other people's kids, and to guide us as a community. We hope and we, 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 we ask Allah to guide even if you're praying alone, guide us down the straight path, because we all want to end up in the same place. We ask Allah to turn all of our hardships into ease. We ask Allah to guide us, and we ask Allah to guide our youth. We ask Allah, Allahumma hadina wa hadibina wa hadisabba We ask Allah to guide us and to guide others by us, and to facilitate guidance for those seeking Amir Rabbil Alameen. Wa sallallahu ala